Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. When you're going through divorce or separation, the first thing you're thinking about apart from the emotional side and the distress and worrying about your children, is the money. And one thing that we see in movies and TV shows is that divorce can be expensive and huge and become some sort of epic war. Today, we're going to be talking about divorce on a budget because sometimes what you see on TV isn't always the reality. So we're going to walk you through the process of what happens in your divorce or de facto separation and how you can do it on a shoestring. Welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. Now, uh, we've got the court processes from the Central Practice Direction. Central Practice Direction. And we're going to go through each stage with you, Mum. And we're Mm. going to, so on a plus side, if anyone's listening, they'll also get an idea of what they're going to be facing. But as we go through, I'm going to say to you, how do we do that on the cheap, Mum? How do we do that on the cheap? Do we need a lawyer? Is that all right? Yeah, that's good. I think for the first time, in years, the court's got a very easily accessible family law case management system. That's what the central practice direction is. And um, everyone should have a copy of it before they start going through court. We'll put the link to the central practice directions in yes. our show notes. So you okay. can go and have a look, but always check the website uh, of the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia in case there's any changes. Look at me Absolutely. saying all those words. Look at you. Yes. <laughs> the FC, FC away. <laughs> but even, even if you are listening in another country, because we are well aware that people do listen in other countries. Yes. Welcome you to can them. Still, welcome <laughs> and thanks for listening. But you can still listen to the the general steps and maybe we can talk you through, you know, what happens generally, but also what things can you do yourself, whether you're in America or the UK or in Australia? Iceland, Ireland. Ireland, (laughs) Israel even. Israel (laughs) even. Okay, but again, this is Australian family law, so just be aware that we will be talking about the law in Australia, but you can apply some of this yourself, but always get your own independent legal advice because mum is a lawyer from Australia. And I'm giving only general advice on yes. this today, she Correct. <laughs> okay. So in our course, we talk about the court process, mum. Mm. And the first, there, there is a whole bunch of things that you have to do before you even get to court. Mm. And this is, say, someone's separated, decided to leave each other. The most important thing in that step is dating down a separation time and date. Do you need to have a lawyer for that or can you do that yourself? You can do that yourself. Brilliant. <laughs> get, get First have off the rank. A notebook somewhere and write the date. Yep. Perfect. One done. Tick. Next one is negotiations. So before people end up doing anything with lawyers even, mum, they start to negotiate, you know, who's going to have the car, who's going to pick up the kids from school, when do we do what, who gets the money in the bank account if if you're amicable. What kind of negotiations can people do uh, without lawyers and how can you do the negotiations to keep your divorce on a budget? So I think most people do the initial stuff without lawyers because Mm -hmm. you might have, you know, broken up. Um, but someone's still got to get the kids to school in the morning. So you've probably already worked out who's going to do that, even if it is through gritted teeth. But those early, early negotiations, to do keep them on a shoestring, I think keep things in writing, try and do things by email so that they can't go back on it uh, later on. And if you do do things in email, keep an eye on what you're putting down because that might be used against you in the Mm. future. But careful setting up in those early stages of, you know, careful documenting of what you're doing and putting your point of view respectfully and clearly um, in an email will set you up for success later on because Mm. people sometimes change their minds, get cranky when they really think about it and then start wanting revenge or And this is a great segue to point out to everybody, if you are at this stage, things are amicable, uh, definitely go and listen to When Amicable Goes Wrong episode. I'll put a link in the show notes. But also documentation, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really great w- episode that you can listen to that will help you in this stage to make sure that you're covering your butt. And also, if you have children, one of our most popular episodes ever is how to stop your children, how to protect your children from being used as chess pieces in your divorce. Listen to that one too, because there's some steps you can do right at the start without lawyers simply on a budget to protect yourself in this stage. All right. So, mum, basically what, what you're talking about is, uh, what we talk in our online course, the DIY mm. divorce blueprint, the, the first little steps and stages you happen right at the beginning. Yeah. Creating yeah. a short term plan. Yeah. So all of that you're saying you can do that yourself. Yes. Um, it's quite easy. You just make sure you're doing all the documentation yourself, getting a notebook, etc. So, okay, that's great. So you can do that on a budget. You don't need lawyers for that. Brilliant. Yes. All right. So then they've written their no- date of separation down. They've been negotiating things by themselves. They've got their short-term plan. They're working all through that. They're going through the emotions of being separated or divorced or all of that horrible stuff that goes on. Mm. The next step, is usually, if they haven't agreed, is around mediation. Yeah? Mm, Yes. Mediation is like a huge thing. Again, if you want to listen to our episodes on mediation or, again, do our course and we talk you through how to prep and get ready for that mediation. But can you do that on a budget, Mum? How do you do a mediation on a budget? If it's for kids... Uh, you can go through uh, mediators like Re- Relationships Australia, like low-cost mediation. I know some people think you can do property that way, and, and I dare say you can, um, but at least with children, go through those ones. So um, Relationships Australia charge you in accordance with your income. Um, there are some government-run sites that will do it for a reasonable price. If you're going to go to a financial mediation with perhaps a private mediator, uh, the bit that you can do yourself is getting the documents ready beforehand mm-hmm. um, because before setting up to go to mediation now is nearly as hard as setting up to go to court. The court's wanting you to do most of that those steps, like showing what documents you've got, putting your case down, in writing what your points of view are. The court's wanting that to happen much earlier these days. So before you go to mediation, rather than after you file proceedings in the court and before you go to trial. Yeah. Mm. And you said that they're doing that uh, and it's a positive because it does end up forcing everybody to look at the facts and the numbers and then yes. getting all of that done and not ending up in a trial because yes. you said in the old days that's what they used to do, right? That's exactly you right. look at anything until you ended up in a trial. So in a way that is saving you money, that is doing it on a budget by going to mediation yes. if you do all the work beforehand. Now, if this is a mediation that's not court appointed, so it's just mm. the outside of mediation, we've talked about the pre-action procedures. We've done an episode on that as well where yep. we talk about what it is that you need to get ready. We also have a free mediation checklist that you can download load off our website with all the documents that you need to be providing. Uh, We also have a disclosure checklist. (laughs) So (laughs) when it comes to disclosure, mum, are you supposed to be doing that before you even hit court? And if you are, can you do that on a budget? Uh, The first uh, answer is yes, you must do it before you go to court. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second answer is yes, you can do it on a budget because if you don't and you have a lawyer doing it, it can become very expensive very quickly because the people are required to give the documents to the other side. Uh, You usually set up like a Google Docs or or some sort of Dropbox uh, to Mm. put the documents in and you've really, I've said it before, you're kind of like turning your pockets inside out and showing everything that you've got. Um, and if you do it yourself, uh, you can set up the Dropbox. If you've got a lawyer, they might need to read it, but you're going to save yourself a fortune if you can do that scanning. It's just, you've just got to do the work um, and get that in. After all, you're going to otherwise be giving the documents to your lawyer who to get will read them, their secretary or PA will set them up in a Dropbox or a Google Docs, and then they'll send it to the other side. Um, And there's a whole lot of money there anyway. Um, And you're going to be doing most of the work. So set it up. And I think you were saying we were looking at stats in another episode recently and you found out that a lot of people tend to run out of money 
before they get to the trial. So they've been represented by lawyers up until the trial and then they have to self-represent. And you (laughs) said a lot of people are just because, unless they've got painful exes that try and bombard them with legal letters to rack up Mm. their legal bills, it's it's that disclosure discovery part that is running the bill up. And yeah, it's it's deadly. It's so expensive. And the stats that I had at the very first court date, so imagining you've tried mediation, it hasn't worked, you've done all the things you have to do that the court requires you to do before you can file in court. They get to court and 39% of matters have um, someone unrepresented. So people are doing it themselves, guys, That mm. whether they have to or whether they're just being careful with their budget. But by the time they get to trial, which is kind of the crunchy bit uh, where you really should be probably getting someone to, to represent you, only 20, uh, sorry, 22% when they go to court are unrepresented, 39% at the trial are unrepresented. So that mm-hmm. gap in there are the people who've blown all their budget in the early days. Um, mm. So, yes, people should do this stuff themselves. It's so easy these days. Your super's online, your bank accounts are online. You know, you should should be able to get most things. Yeah, and I look, I understand that you say it's easy, but remembering <laughs> putting ourselves back there, you are also yes. probably moving house, trying to find somewhere to live, oh, trying to keep your crap together so that you don't lose yeah. it in front of your children um yeah so there's all that going oh. on but it is it is hard so I think when you're doing your divorce on a budget I think spending a little bit of money on a psychologist in the early stages ah. may help you keep it together and save money by doing the work that you wouldn't be able to do if you were losing it and and unraveling that's just personal opinion oh no <laughs> um, that's Perfect, because it, then the yeah. double benefit is that you feel better. You're if you've got children, they're better, and you're able to uh, be a little less emotional. Perhaps. Mm. Well, mm. it's doing everything with one hand tied behind your back. Yes, so there may be things in your running through in your head that you haven't dealt with, you haven't processed. If you can process some of them and uh, untie that other hand, then you might find that you can get some more of this work done. Because we do have listeners who write in and say, "Look, I love your advice. I think it's great, especially with the documentation one." But I'm going through so much, I can't even get mm. out of bed in the morning. So, mm. for those people who just think, "Nah, I can't deal with this." The best thing you can do is to spend a little bit of money to see a psychologist. You can get in Australia the uh, 10 sessions through the Medicare. You go and get a, a mental health care plan with your GP. Tell them you're struggling with your divorce. You just need to process it and need some help. Uh, you go then see a psychologist and there's a minimal amount of money that you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Always make sure, check check with the psych how much they're going to charge you. But then use those 10 sessions, spread them out, have a look at when you've got dates coming up for court or dates coming up for mediation and try and get appointments before, just before or in the lead up to and, and use it like a, a triage, like a, you know, yeah. look after yourself. But anyway, let's go back to uh, I love disclosure. That. So you're saying do it, do it, do it. Mm. And then you've got mediation. Mm. The private mediations are very expensive. Whoa, yes. The mediators are very expensive. So if you're forced to do it or or you basically have to do it and you're, okay, I've got to pay for this mediator, mm. can you ask for it to be shared between both parties so it's not just you footing all the bill? Mm, and it usually is shared between both of you. And okay. if you're the one who doesn't have much of an income or access to the money, you can ask the other side, the other person to pay it all um, mm-hmm. in the in the beginning and then you can recover or they can get some of that back off you later on at property settlement or the other okay. way around. If you're the one with the money, you might pay it and get them to reimburse you. Now, here's a question when it comes to mediators and, and money. Uh, I know for a fact that there is a variety of mediators you can choose from, from ex-judges to, um, you know, ex-barristers to yep. lawyers to psychologists, you name it. There's yep. all sorts of people that can do mediation. Hmm. When you choose one, if you, like you go to a doctor, if you go to the most expensive doctor, do you get a better outcome? Um. Sometimes. I don't think fees equal um, expertise always. Uh, okay. So, um, But there are some 
very experienced uh, former judges who charge a lot more uh, than perhaps someone who's not so experienced, maybe a solicitor mediator or mm. a lawyer mediator. But in big money ha- money cases, if there's a fair bit of property, they might be worth it, you know. But you know what? I think ask around and see who's used to because everyone can put themselves out on it as a mediator and it's only um, when you try them that you see how effective they are. I mean, if you've got a complete stubborn person on the other side or Mm. you have non-negotiable things perhaps it's about kids or something um, then uh, and you just absolutely know the mediation is not going to help you you might go for lower end lower cost mediation Um, Mm. but if they're like if if you've got a glimmer of hope of settlement uh, then the more expensive mediators are usually more expensive because more people use them, but ask around and see mm. what other people's experiences are. Can you have a look and find their success rate somewhere? Is no. there a tally no. page? Because I yeah. would rather go to someone who was very successful, not just someone who was experienced once upon a time. And Yeah. Well, and, yeah. the figures uh, I think are close to 80% um, settlement rate Ooh. across the board for a proper mediation where everyone's ready to go to mediation. If, if I could be allowed a little criticism of, of the new rules and the new system is do that it. I <laughs> – go on, do it. <laughs> I think that this mediation very early on can be a good thing, but mm. sometimes it's at a point where the people mentally are, or emotionally aren't ready to settle and so um, it can be – less successful, I guess, than if people get to the point where they they really want to settle because any mediation, each of you has to give a little, you know, mm. and, and if you're not ready emotionally, if you're still really angry at that person, um, you, you might find you can't or if there's been intense um, or any family violence, you might feel that conceding even another dollar or another night is is allowing that person to control you again. So that's that's an issue. So yeah. anybody who's listening today, whether you're mm. driving your car to work, doing the cleaning, <laughs> or just you know walking on your on your way to with your doggies, and hi to everyone cleaning their showers and bathrooms while they're yes. yes. <laughs> Could you come be mine? <laughs> no. Um, when when you're listening to this, if you haven't gone to mediation yet, I think what Mum's trying to point out here is you need to weigh it up. You know, am am I near a point where we potentially could get an outcome that means no more court, no more negotiation, no, no more drama? It might be worth putting that little bit of extra money into an experienced mediator. Mm. Am I ready to do it? Have we got everything sorted? Is everything disclosed? Have a look at your case and figure out, is it going to be worth putting the money in? I guess you could look at it as driving a car and you're not going to be putting in a in a really fancy motor <laughs> into mm. a car that is rusted. So I mm. guess, I don't know, I'm mm. thinking of a car analogy. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I don't know anything about cars. But really have a little think about that. Yeah. Uh, someone wrote on TikTok the other day, Mum, because I did a TikTok about mediation. Yeah. And someone said mediating with a narcissist or a manipulative controlling person is mm. a waste of time. And mm. I remember you saying that's not necessarily true. And mm. do you want to tell everybody why, just in case anyone is at that mediation yeah. stage? Because I heard yeah. that just the other day. Yeah, you can you can use those traits against them. Do you mm. know? Um, so they, as long as you've got a mediator who's across it, or as long as you are very sure in your own process, like you may go to mediation with or without a lawyer. That's another way to save money. You might pick a high-end mediator but go unrepresented. Um, But, yes, so manipulative and controlling people, they also have a game plan. You can, and they're easy to identify what they want. You might, you know, you might know that if you let them win on one point, you can have the other point because they're so focused on something. I think that's what um, I think with manipulative, manipulative and, in, and controlling. It's a bit early yeah. in the morning yeah. to yeah. be saying, yeah, they've got their own want- vulnerabilities. And in the past you've said, uh, actually I think it was in our course, you said, so here's a little freebie, that sometimes with the manipulative controlling or narcissistic types, 
you feel like going to mediation is going to be the biggest waste of money, but you use it as a way to see what their strategy and their yes. arguments are going to be in court mm. uh, for trial before they've done their affidavits and everything. So you know what you have to go and disprove or what you're up against. So mm. it, it can be a strategic yes. way of figuring that out. Cause otherwise, if you don't do that mediation, you don't find out what the, the, Meet up of controlling narcissistic person's going to do. Yes. You're, you're then walking into your trial blind. But if you use that mediation to find out what it is that their angle is, that is going to help you yes. in the long run. And, but, and Rosie, yeah. that, that is like a, a secondary option. So even if it doesn't work, you will see. And, and in, um, some of the manipulative and controlling or narcissistic um, separations. The other person may raise the most ridiculous arguments and mm. you would not have seen it coming. And they raise it in your trial and you haven't got time to properly rebut. But in mm. this case, they'll often have a set scenario and keep that all the way through. So at least you know what you're dealing with and you can preempt. You can write okay. stuff in your material in anticipation of their silly argument. All right. So they've done their pre-negotiation. Mm -hmm. They have their short-term plan. They've been to mediation to save money. Maybe they've not taken a lawyer. Um, maybe they've done our course and not taken a lawyer. Maybe they have got a really expensive mediator so that they can definitely guarantee or hopefully guarantee they're going to get it done. Or maybe they find the cheapest mediator because they know it is literally a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Next step is that continuing negotiations. Can you do yeah. that on a budget or do you, is that when you need to really go, look, the mediation didn't work. We really need to step it up. I'm probably going to have to go get a lawyer. Hmm. I think you can do those further negotiations, but I would see a lawyer about, if you haven't seen one, I think we say in the course, go and see them so you know where you stand at the beginning. Hmm. Um, go and see a lawyer, see, put the two proposals to the lawyer um, and see if you're on the wrong page or if, if the other side is, and then continue to negotiate. There's absolutely no problem with continuing to negotiate and mm. in fact if you have a mediation when you're already in court you're required to swap offers so mm. always be thinking about settlement you've just mentioned the two proposals so we're talking mm. about parenting agreements parenting issues also property yeah. and in our course we talk you through and show you we've got the templates how to create mm. your own parenting proposal and your own mm. property proposal so you can take that to the lawyer and say this is what I'm working on this is what I've come up with you know can you help but also yeah. in the course we also show you how to continue the negotiations after yes. mediation if it does fail with using some legal letters that mum writes and you can plug your own stuff in but what's fantastic mum I think that I've noticed with a lot of our members is they are using that system they are giving it their red hot go and some yes. of them are, are succeeding yes so don't feel like if mediation fails, all the dollars are going to come out of your pocket and you are going to lose so much money because there is still steps that you can take, isn't mm. there, mum, between failed mediation and court? Yep, that's right. Absolutely right. You can you can propose perhaps a cons an arbitration by consent where you get somebody, maybe a retired judge, who will look at your case, give an answer, and you agree to be bound by that. That will save you. Not just money. Um, it also saves time because you don't have to wait for a, for a hearing. So, yes, and you can just keep negotiating. You've got a good idea of what they want, so just keep trying, keep writing mm. those letters and uh, keep seeing if you can settle and think what things are holding them up. If you've, you know, you'll have an idea where their okay. non-negotiables are. All right, and now we get to... You've tried everything. Yeah. You've done your pre-action procedures. Go listen to that episode if you need to. Mm -hmm. You've written the letter saying, look, if you're not going to agree to any of this, then we're going to have to take, I'm going to have to file. Yeah. First in court. Step, yep. Filing in court, filing and initiating application. Can you do that on a budget? If you're separated or about to be and you need to get everything finalised and sorted but you don't know what to do next or you're looking for a way to do your own divorce and settlement without spending thousands of dollars on lawyer, then you already know what you need to do and that is to sign up and become a member of the DIY Divorce Blueprint. Empower, educate and equip yourself with the legal know-how and the tools you need to get divorced or de facto separated and finally settle. Work through this course at your own pace without feeling confused, lost, scared or overwhelmed of all the family law legal jargon and processes. Let us walk with you through this journey and show you a better way. 
filing in court, filing and initiating application. Can you do that on a budget? Yes. Yes, you can. Unless you're looking for short-term orders, you just have to fill in a few documents that are quite easy to fill in with names, dates of birth, stuff like that, a rough idea of the property pool. You need to fill in a, like a budget sheet of documents, the financial mm-hmm. statement, um, and a, a certificate saying you've tried everything. They call it genuine steps. Have you tried mediation? Yes, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've given them notice of what I'm going to call. So you can do those documents yourself. There's You register on the portal and then you can upload them yourself and get the ball rolling. And guess what happens uh, when you go to court for the first time? What happens? <laughs> the judge or the registrar may well send you off for more mediation. All right. <laughs> so, Yeah, because it's very focused, yeah. Is this mediation then free? Sometimes, yes. You can get a mediation through the court sometimes. Now, we skipped, when you're filing your initiating application or maybe your ex has filed the initiating Mm. application, (laughs) (laughs) then you might have to file the response to initiating. Response, that's right. Sorry, guys, yes. So do they cost money? There's There's a cost to file. A document mm-hmm. like the court has a fee. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do the documents yourself, you will keep a lot of your costs down because you're not doing affidavits at this stage. If you've got to do an interim application, then you're going to need an affidavit and then you you should see a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and, oh, okay. and you should have gone and seen a lawyer anyway to know where you stand before your mediation. So yeah. just work with that, what you think is a reasonable split on your property order. Now, we have done an episode on response to initiating application. Mm. We also have done a 45-minute lesson that you can buy. I think it's for $10 on our website yeah. uh, where we talk you through how to fill in that form. And yes. on our course, if you are a member, you can, we talk you through how to log into the portal and, and file mm. things. Mm. So that can help you if you're at that stage as well. Now, mm. so that that's, you can do on your own, except yes. unless it's interim, which means short-term urgent stuff. And um, then you probably need then, a lawyer and you have to do an affidavit. So then there's the first return, is that right? Yes, first yeah. return date. Yep. Do you need a lawyer to go to the first return date? They, they call it, sorry, now they call it the first court event. Uh, okay. Not not necessarily. A lot of, yes, yeah, same time. A Why lot of people. change everything all the time? It's so confusing. Well, anyway, I yeah. think they're trying to make it more understandable. But more then English? they more English, <laughs> but then they go and call the the original document, you know, the application, initiating application, and sort of loses interlocutory orders. So that so yes. like you say, said to me sometimes, Laura, lawyers don't know when they're making sort of big words and word soup. Uh, no. So thank goodness you're there to interpret. So the yes. first court event, um, usually uh, it's by phone mm-hmm. um, or Teams. Um, and the registrar or, or senior judicial regi- registrar will look at it and make sure your documents are okay, they've filed their documents, they're okay, ready to move to the next step, and they'll mm-hmm. probably uh, order mediation again. So you don't need a lawyer. You don't have to, have no. to, have to, have to have a lawyer no. for that first court event, mm. and you're saying most of the time it's online still? Mm. Those interlocutory early steps, interlocutory yeah. again, sorry, <laughs> those those first court events are done by uh, people who are somewhat down in the food chain from the judges. Baby so, judges. Baby judges, yes. Baby judges. And, and because since COVID, God bless COVID, since My COVID, um, the, the court has realised there are people in their registrars in Darwin and, and, um, Adelaide and out back of beyond who are twiddling their thumbs while the people, the, the, um, uh, judicial officers in Brisbane and Sydney and everywhere are rushed off their feet. So now you may find yourself in front of, uh, a, um, a maybe, judge in maybe judge in Broome or somewhere. Yes. So okay. they do a lot of them by phone. So the plus side to that, I'm just going to put this out here for the psychological part of it, is you're not standing, I mean, it's not always the case, but but you might not be standing in front of a scary judge mm-hmm. or a scary wooden panelled room with 
federal pictures everywhere. Um, You're not going to be feeling like you're in a movie. You're literally probably going to be sitting in your office or in your bedroom. And there is an element of fear and overwhelm and scariness that is taken away. So if you are a person who freaks out uh, about having to do things, public speaking, or just, you know, you're the person who never puts their hand up in class when you were a kid because Mm. your heart rate goes through the roof, you probably could get through this without someone doing it um, emotionally, anyway, <laughs> um, because they're not asking. Are they? They're not asking legal things. No, they're just saying, "Has this been done? Has this been done? Yeah. Have you filled in this form? Can you go to mediation? What date could you do that kind yes. of stuff?" That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. And and if you, I had one client. Uh, she has had a care bear on her lap through her hearing. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> As long as you can't see, as long as the judge can't see, <laughs> uh, whatever comfort you need. So look, so you yeah. can you can hug your Care Bear. It helps. Yeah. Like do or whatever I, works for you. Put something in your pocket that's familiar to you, some little talisman. But you'll be yeah. fine on those you don't very need first to returns. Pay a lot of money. No. How much would it cost for a first return? I'm sorry, oh. a first court event for a lawyer to go and attend. Well, assuming they're on the phone or on the Teams link for, say, an hour and a half, that might be close to a 1,000. Preparation might be close to a 1,000 because they have to be across all the documents to be mm. able to answer the questions. And where are they going to get that information from? You. From you. So you and just kind of everything. Yeah, you're go, kind of cutting out the middleman. So you'll probably save yourself two or $3,000 by doing okay. that first court event by yourself. And there's... I mean, I'm not saying nothing can happen that might derail your case or, you know, as long as you're prepared, um, Mm. you can uh, handle that yourself. And if anything crops up that you aren't ready for or, Mm. you you know, you don't feel prepared for, just say it. Just say it. And and, I don't know. I'm not sure what you mean. Or can you give me more time? Yes, I need to ring somebody and hopefully you've got a lawyer somewhere around that you can talk to. There'll be a duty lawyer that -hmm. you can have contact with, even from home. You can Mm. ring up one and get some advice. So you can always slow down a process if you're self-represented and it becomes overwhelming. And uh, you can just say something like, I'm self-represented and I don't feel heard. I'm self-represented and I need to talk to the duty lawyer and just gradually sort of slow everything down and ask for it to be, could, would you stand the matter down so I can get some legal advice? And and a lot of the baby judges and, and all the judicial people mm. in the court uh, have to be aware that a self-represented person isn't going to be across all of the legal jargon That's and right. all of that. So they have to make allowances a little bit, don't they, Mum? Yeah, they do. And they, they, they yeah, it's in their, in their rules or in their guidelines. Um, mm. The one thing I've seen sometimes when people go to court on their own is if the other lawyer tries something, the, law, the other side brings a lawyer and they try something. For instance, they might nominate the family report writer or they might nominate the valuer. Um, really they should be giving you a panel of three and you should choose one or you give them a panel of three and choose one. Um, I do see some people have been pushed into using someone they didn't really um, look into. So, again, Mm. you you need to say to the court, oh, can I just, could you just stand the matter down? I don't know these people. I want to check them up online, check their reviews, whatever. Okay, so try not to agree or make any decisions while you're standing there. If you feel like you're being pushed to say, could you please stand the matter down? I just want to have a look at this or I just need to talk to a duty lawyer to discuss it. Yes. And that what they pretty much will do that most of the time? Oh, yes, yes. And so for the sake of like wobbly knees and a bit of nerves, you'll Mm. save yourself three grand and hardly anything turns on that first return date. It's just the court doing like an admin check mostly. Um, Mm -hmm. If you filed your documents, you you filed yours, do we need any valuations? Do we need something, you know, and try mm. they try to move it forward. Fantastic. Is that the same though for interim or does it go straight into an interim trial mm. or is there still that first court date where you sit down? You always have that first court event where someone has a look at the stuff and then they send it off either to an interim hearing um, or they send it off to mediation or both. Okay. Mm. 
important. All right. So let's just assume no one's doing interim. Let's skip okay. across. You said that the mediator might send you again off to mediation. Yeah. Uh, so that's a court-appointed mediation. We've done an episode on that, FDR. Mm. So it's a family dispute resolution mm-hmm. or conciliation conferences. Go and listen to that yeah. episode. Can you do that on the cheap? Yeah. Yes, you can. Like, they sometimes just send you to a private mediator, order you to go into mediation, and it might be one you have to pay for. So mm. be ready for submissions about the cost. Um, yes, I guess when you, you say submissions, you mean oh, telling the judge. Tell the judge. Hey, I can't I'm on a, that. I'm on a pension, or I, I, my budget. See my financial statement I filed. I just don't have enough money to pay for that. Um, okay. And then the court may sometimes order that it be done in house in the yes. court for someone for free, um, hey. or you might have to pay and go and see someone else. Yes, you can do those on your own. Um, but you would need to be pretty confident. And because the next step is setting it down for trial, like um, Mm. you want to give that a really good go. So the way that you do it yourself and save your money is um, lots of preparation. You do all the documents yourself. Uh, We talk you through those, but they're in that family law case management plan. Go onto the website, download your documents, fill them in and be ready uh, to negotiate. You can take usually a strong friend with you, but not someone who is going to stop you agreeing. You don't want someone who's too opinionated. Um, You want them there to support you because you're the one making the choices and the decisions. Mm. Mm. And I guess that is the role that a lawyer does kind of take. They're more of a, come on now, <laughs> it's time to time to negotiate, time to compromise. Mm-hmm. But I guess the, the other role that a lawyer might take in that is talking to the other lawyer? Maybe, yes, sometimes they do. But the thing is, you, you this is a point where you need to know the law and have a rough idea of what your entitlement is and be ready to feel some odd things. So, you can take a lawyer, you can go in cold, that's the two extremes, or you can do a sort of a middle way, which is where you, you do your study and preparation and then you can go and represent yourself. So you could have a lawyer, mm. get everything that you need and know, mm. and then and then get the lawyer to give you everything and then go do it yourself and call them? Yes, uh, some lawyers will do that. Yeah. Uh, we do that. We say, yeah. look, if you, if you take a lawyer with you, that's going to be probably a whole day. And how much is that? $500, $600 an hour from nine to one and then from two to five, say. Yikes. You know, four and three, seven hours. So three and a half grand for the day. Well, That's all the preparation. And uh, what you should do, is see if you can find someone and say, look, if I reach agreement, can I contact you? Will you be in the office that day? And that's what we do. We say, look, if you if you think you're getting somewhere, you want to ask a legal question, ring up, and we just charge for the call. Oh, that's so nice, Mum. <laughs> because really, every time we've talked about how much things cost along the way, mm. it is it's already like I think yeah. we're already up to ten grand, and we didn't yeah. even talk about the preparation of the documents, yes. uh, which you can do in our course instead. But that alone is like another ten grand. Yes. So holy moly. Okay, so if you are going into FDR or a conciliation conference or a court-appointed mediation, then see if you think you can do a little bit of a shoestring by doing it mm-hmm. a bit half-half. Yes. Um, but, again, everybody's situation is different and it is your whole future. potential future mm-hmm. hanging on the line there. Mm-hmm. So if you don't think you are mentally capable of holding it together through that, then make sure you take someone with you who will help you. And to be fair, lawyers aren't there to be the person that helps you keep it mentally together. Um, If you get a nice lawyer, then sure. (laughs) Like I have heard some good stories of mum doing it for people in the past, but don't expect, um, she never gives me names though, but don't expect the lawyer to help you in that regard because they're there for the law. So definitely see if you can take someone along with you who is level-headed, who hasn't got a vendetta against your ex. Um, We do talk you through that in the course as well because they might be the people that save you money because you might end up agreeing in the end uh, because they've pointed out some hard truths to you that your lawyer's not going to and nobody else is. Yes, it's very very hard for a lawyer to manage an emotional client um, as well as 
negotiations because part of the lawyer's brain or most of the lawyer's brain is like working in percentages or, you know, law cases. That's that space. If mm. you've also got a, a client who needs to be calmed down or whatever, it just adds to the burden. I love it when my clients used to bring um, a strong friend. Yeah. Not, not too fierce. There were people sometimes I'd say to my client, that person's not helping you. Um, mm. But generally, I, I I appreciate it. So sadly, sometimes that doesn't work. And mm. how many percentage of the people end up at the next step? Two percent was the people who ended up having to get a judgment at final trial. Oh. Um, a, but a lot of people in the old days, see, I don't have enough stats on this new one, uh, but mm. in the old days, they would settle literally on the door of the court. Mm. Um, and I, I can't count the number of times that happened. More often than not, you would negotiate it out and go into the judge who'd set aside a day, two days, three days to hear this case and say, oh, we've, we've, we've resolved it with consent orders, Your Honour. And the court mm. noticed that. Um, and so what the court is doing now is making, well, hang on, go back. When they settled on the door of the court that morning of trial, was probably the first time everyone was across the facts, every document had been disclosed, and for the first time you could see the case in its entirety. So what the court is doing with these new case management rules is trying to bring that moment where everything crystallises into a much earlier point, yes, so that it can be resolved at mediation. One of the best ways that you can create a divorce on a budget is really try your hardest to get all of those disclosure documents and all of that information, crystallize what your property percentage is, crystallize what the property pool is, get all that done right at the beginning and negotiations will run quicker and faster and smoother. And again, if you need help figuring out what your property pool is, we talk you through that in the property module. We help you figure out your contributions, your financial needs, your future needs, and what percentages perhaps you would be getting. We have all the worksheets. We talk you through all of that. Once you know that and once your ex agrees to it, then you are a million times closer Yep. to getting an end result and it is going to be a heck of a lot cheaper because I've seen people just argue over percentages but still not know what the property pool was. I never do percentages um, first. Yeah, because what's the point? What yes. do you argue? Like because I want I want 50% of, of that cake but you don't know how big the cake is. The yes. cake could be the size of the, an elephant or the cake could be tiny baby cake. So really you've got to think about getting that done at the beginning, getting mm. into the nitty-gritty. Mm. But we're running out of time, Mum, so then it goes to two more steps. Okay, yep. That's the directions hearing? Yeah. Uh, yes, It's so it's the compliance and readiness hearing. Oh, okay. So the, that's where the court now that new words again. Sorry, new words. So they're just <laughs> saying, and usually this will be the judge who's going to hear the case. Mm-hmm. Um, usually you have to go in person and the judge yep. Just make sure that all of the documents that need to be disclosed have been disclosed. Can I do a little sidebar here? Yes. One of the best ways to keep the costs down, whether you've got a lawyer or not, is to uh, don't do death by documents. Don't keep asking for documents that don't really impact on the outcome. Don't ask for bank statements from 2016 unless yeah. in 2016 they got a million-dollar inheritance and you don't know where it went. You know, just Mm. the court has rules or or guidelines about what they think is fair enough and Mm -hmm. sometimes the people on the other side, sometimes the lawyers are still wanting like miles of documents and three years of of bank statements when the court really only thinks you should have 12 months. And so ask why they want these other documents before you just blindly go and collect them because that creates a volume of work for everybody and that, I think, is the main reason more people are unrepresented at trial than at the beginning. Mm. Okay, so save yourself because then mm. when you get in to trial, can you do that on your own? Can you, you can. do that on a budget? You can, uh, but it's it's a worry. Now, if there's any domestic violence, family violence in Australia, uh, there's a, a section called 102N. A, N for Nelly, A for Alpha. And if you're self-represented at that stage 
and there has been family violence and you don't want your ex to be questioning you in person or you don't want to have to question your ex in person, uh, the court has the power to appoint a lawyer for you for nothing for the trial. Cool. Well. It's a wonderful initiative. Yes. So that's that great. you will never, you should for never have to be cross-examined by someone where there's been family violence. Uh, mm. They don't get an opportunity to do it to you again in court, you know, by, right. and you don't have so to do it again. Anyone listening out there who has experienced family violence, who is getting into trial soon and is self-represented, mum, what do they say to the judge? They need to say to the judge, um, there's, been, we, there's been family violence or I have a, 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 an order, family violence order, but it doesn't have to be that you've got a DV order. It just has to be if there's been family violence. Ask the court, would the court consider appointing um, a lawyer for me under Section 102NA? Great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mum. That's fantastic. I hope that gets to at least one of our listeners out there and and save some some drama and some yes. stress. Okay, but if you haven't had family violence, yes, and you're going to trial, you can do it trial. yourself. You can, you can do it yourself, but but you don't know what you don't know. Mm, um, and right. so you could um, well just examples when I was a very young uh, lawyer. You know, you'd go to court and some experienced barrister would sort of run rings around me and you realised you'd been sort of running to their agenda for a while. Yeah, Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. So that's... Mm. um, um, Are there strategies that other lawyers and barristers use when they're against a self-represented litigant that people should be aware of? There shouldn't be. We should be scrupulously careful with our relationship and our discussions with the other side. But mm. if you are there on your own and your ex has brought perhaps a lawyer and a barrister and the barristers are in their robes, their black robes with their little white bibs on, and, you know, you can easily feel intimidated and they can tell you something um, maybe even they've got it wrong, but they can tell you something about the law and you might accept that on face value, whereas if you had a lawyer, they go, no, actually, actually, mm. this is an exception to that. So so they might not mean to mislead you, but the, their very presence is quite intimidating, mm. you know. Um, so okay. you can do it yourself. Uh, children's matters are often people do them themselves and they can even do appeals themselves and um, mm-hmm. are successful at that. Uh, but so, sometimes, yeah, you'd, you'd have to be very brave to do your own. But people do, obviously. Well, um, sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. Can yep, you get a duty 39%. lawyer to help you with the trial? No. Really? Yeah, no. They, what they about legal are there aid? to give advice. Um, legal aid for children's matters sometimes, but you've got to qualify financially. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. you know, now, the look, one thing, I, if you don't, sorry, if you don't qualify for legal aid in your state, um, that means that you've got assets that can be used. And what I say to people is don't waste them on the early stages. Save it up mm. so you've got someone to represent you at the trial. So this is the lesson, I think, from the mm. whole episode, uh, which has run over a little bit, but we've oh. talked through all the steps as we've gone and realistically mum's saying, look, get your own legal advice, but you can do a lot of this yourself. But what you really want to be saving your money for if, if you, is, is the trial at the end yes. because that's where it's really, really, really going to matter and it's not something that you can just kind of wing. I mean. Yeah, you can. But, you can. But it's but a it, risk. Yeah. But it's a risk. And, and, and if you've got to weigh up what the risks are, is it you losing um, $100,000 uh, or $10,000 or $2,000 or is it you losing the children? The children. It, yeah. You know, you've got to weigh it up. What what does it? What's the worst case scenario that can happen from this trial, and can I live with it? And if it's no, I cannot live with the worst case scenario from the trial. Then I would be trying to find money to afford a lawyer. And the best way to be able to afford a lawyer is to do all of the things that we've just talked about. How to keep your costs down throughout this whole thing, mm. um, because it is in the end that end bit. It, it, you know, as as smart as you can be you may need some help 
you know, there is a lot of documentation, which you can do yourself. And if you are doing it yourself, we've got an episode on affidavits. We've got an episode on what to expect in a trial. We talk you through some of those. So you can go check out those episodes. If you are interested, check out the DIY Divorce Blueprint because even if you know that you're going to end up in a trial, you could be doing our online course, which will help you go through and do all of the other things on the cheap so that yeah. you can save your pennies for when it really matters. Now, Mum, I'm sorry we've gone over time, okay. but is there any pearl of wisdom for anybody listening today when it comes to doing your divorce or de facto separation on a budget? Um, yes. So don't think uh, that you will never settle an mediation. You may well settle at a mediation and that will save you the most money of all. Uh, everyone who ever files in court does so because they think there's an intractable dispute and they'll never settle. And yet those people, um, anecdotally, there are a lot of those people who still settle at mediation. So when you're negotiating at a mediation, think about the money you'll save if you can, if you can settle it at the earlier stage before you get too many lawyers involved. I'm going to quote the Hunger Games. Uh-huh. <laughs> May the odds be in your favour because the yes. odds are in your favour that you will yes. settle at mediation. That's so right. one of the mediations, whether it's before court or court-appointed mediation, the, yes. may the odds be in your favour and hopefully you can avoid going to a trial. Thank you, Mum, for your pearls of wisdom today. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, everybody, you. for listening. Uh, just so you guys know, the DIY Divorce Blueprint, if you're listening on the day that this comes out, it is opening doors for enrolments for platinum and gold tomorrow Mm -hmm. and it will be open we're keeping the doors open until the 10th of may and then we're closing doors because we want to give our full attention to all our new members and help them settle in Uh, if you are interested in doing our course to save some of your pennies on your divorce or de facto separation you can go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and check out the diy divorce blueprint information and If you are interested, come along to our webinar, which is literally tomorrow and the next couple of days. (laughs) You can click on that as well. And if you're listening to this at a later date and you can't access our course because it is closed, because we're going to be closing platinum and gold, it's not going to be available Mm. at all for a while, you can go on our wait list or shoot us an email and we'll put you on the wait list and we'll let you know when it's open again. Thank you, Mum, for your time and thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye, Laura. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.